what does home mean to you? In today's episode, we are talking all about the reality of finding somewhere to be able to put your head at night. The fact is that home has changed and for so many people, the dream of living somewhere forever that you own probably isn't a reality. So we're going to talk about all the multitudes of ways that you might be living right now, our experiences as we've moved all around the world and lived in so many different variations and combinations. And we can't wait to hear what your living experiences are like and what makes you feel like you're at home. Welcome to Free and Figuring It Out, a weekly podcast hosted by two Brits, Sherelle Griffith and Verity Brown, on a mission to support, empower and reassure fellow independent millennial women that they can be self-sufficient, successful and seen. Hello and welcome back to Free and Figuring It Out. If you have been a listener for a while, thank you so much for tuning back in. We love to get to make more episodes for you. And if you are new, thank you. We hope you are in for a treat today. And don't forget, if you really enjoy this episode, please do subscribe. It means that you won't miss any future episodes. And we release a new one every single Friday, so make sure you don't miss out. But today we are talking all about the roof we put over our head. Yes, every queen needs her castle. And that's what we're talking about today because... (laughs) realistically as a millennial woman it ain't always a castle (laughs) let's be real um the house getting a home it's a hard thing for many of us and I have had so many messages from women for a long time just being like it's one of probably the biggest stresses really um finding somewhere to live like making somewhere a home living with people that that you like feeling comfortable in the building you live in just just so many things about it and it's something that's been uh a podcast episode I've wanted to make for a very long time so I'm super excited to finally get to do it yes yeah and I think it's a subject we can all relate to isn't it so it's quite close to everyone's hearts in in many different ways so Sherelle what what's your journey with with this <laughs> with with the your little castle <laughs> my little castle so uh I grew up with my mum and my mum lived in the same house from when I was two to now so I've never um, known my mum's house, my home, that I still probably do call it my home. It's always been exactly the same, um, which I know is like so rare. Um, and when I went to, I went to uni, would have been the first time I ever moved out. I lived in halls for my first year. I lived in a random house year in my second year. And then, so then I ended up going back into halls in my third year because <laughs> I had to be awarded because I just thought it'd be easier than having the randomers I lived with were the year above me. So they were all leaving. Um, I was like, I didn't really have any friends to like live in the third year. So I was like, this would be easier. Go live in halls, save money and be on campus. Great. Um, and then since moving to London, I lived in an array of house shares from four of us in the house to like two and living, I've lived with a living landlady. Oh God, would I have a little chat about that? Um, and then I lived with my partner for a bit, and I now, and I now live by myself. So yeah, I've got a pretty good spectrum, which is why this is going to be so fun. This episode. Yes, I know it's quite varied. I think mine's similar. I, my mum actually has lived in the same house since 1973. Wow. So I was born in '86, so that's the only house I knew until uh, I moved out to go to uni. How many houses did your mum move in before she moved into that house? Do you know? One. Wow. Just, just so she lived in my grandma's house until she was 19 when she got married, and she moved into the house that 
we've lived in since so 1973. It's such a different world. Mm-hmm. So different. Um, so, yeah, then went to uni, lived in halls, uh, lucky enough to meet two of my best friends who were both in those halls and did my course. So then for the second and third year of uni, we lived together as a trio. Um, and then because I met someone... Well, I got with someone like end of first year of uni. We've been together then two years. So then I moved in with him in Nottingham. Uh, then we moved flats in Nottingham. Then we moved to London. Then I lived in uh, a place in Clapton with another couple. So that was Ooh. quite different. Interesting. Well, yeah, we definitely should talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Then we moved into our own place in Walthamstow, which was falling apart, which was horrific. <laughs> um, we then moved into, uh, I lived in hotels for about six months because wow. we were moving into a flat that came with his job of running a restaurant that wasn't quite ready. Uh, and then I lived in the flat, which didn't have a working kitchen or anything useful. Um, and then we broke up, not because of the flat. Um, <laughs> and then I um, moved in with a friend for a month uh, who let me have a spare room, then moved in with another friend for a month who let me have her spare room, went traveling, so probably stayed in about hundred different hotels or hostels or whatever um then moved back in with a friend for three no like I don't know maybe six months um and then moved to Brixton and lived with like a family friend uh then moved back home lived with my mum again and then fell in love and moved to the Lake District and I now live with my girlfriend and our friend so yeah <laughs> we both have lived in way too so look at the, the contrast already which is mm. mum's lived in two places and I just would I because I think I did like I very shortened my London journey there was a, a point where I think I worked out I'd moved five times in a year oh, so yeah um that I definitely had that London moving around experience I just was trying to not bore everyone with it but <laughs> Um, I think the reason why it's really important is I think it's the reality is like we all need somewhere to live like it's one of the most important things but unlike many decades ago it is so for so many people it's not really feasible for many people to live alone and so in terms of sharing it ends up being this whole multitude of different situations you can end up being with and all have their pros and all have their cons but I know a lot of people do find it like a lot of people find themselves in situations that aren't the ideal one. So mm. um, to kick us off, I think, so I'll just kick off about the whole like living with your partner thing, because I think that's a, an interesting one and an interesting one for anyone that lives in a big city or an expensive place. So lots of people, you know, like you said, like your mum, back in the day, you'd live somewhere, you'd live with your parents, you'd meet someone, you'd fall in love, you'd move in with them. Great. Mm-hmm. London, the reality half the time is people end up moving in much quicker than they probably would in a normal situation because they're living in a random with randomers and their pains went through the roof and they just think to themselves, well, I might as well just go live with them. Like literally next time the tenancy's up. And um, only like this week, someone was saying to me like, oh, I've just broken up with my boyfriend. And now I just don't know what I'm going to do. Like, where am I going to live? It's going to be so stressful. And it's so, like, it saddens me so much 
mm. how like the financial like because of the finances how many people end up just one moving in with their partners probably earlier than they wanted to just because they want to and two how it stops so many people wanting to break up yeah but that that was me I I stayed in my relationship longer than I should not just because of that but that was a huge part of it that I just thought how can I afford to move out in London like on my own like not to have my own place but just it was just crazy. I couldn't even begin to fathom where to financially support that idea from, you know. So yeah, it's a big problem. Yeah. And I think it's obviously very common because one, there is, if you're sharing and you've shared a room. So when you was in a relationship, so was it two couples in a a two bed flat? Yes. Yeah. And like the the finances that makes it great. Everyone's like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, but when I think about it, when I actually, it was in Clapton and it was a lovely flat, but I think it, and I feel like this is crazy me saying this, but I didn't know it's definitely right. It was £1,800. Okay. And I think some people have listened to this podcast who have never lived in London are thinking, what? £1,800? And I mean, I mean, it, it, you know, it was nice, but it wasn't <laughs> like, and it also like, Clapton is really badly kind of on transport links and stuff so and it was 1800 pounds and that's why we had to live with another couple like we couldn't we just couldn't afford to find somewhere else on our own at the time so that meant all of you paid 450 each yeah yeah whereas exactly if it'd been two of you like one a single person in one room a single person another that's 900 pounds yeah and that's the thing so then if you've got then used to 450 and the thought of going back to whatever you're just like what mm. um for me I think the hardest thing about when I was breaking up was the thought of going back into sharing so I never had many great sharing experiences um my sharing experience in uni I so I wasn't on the main campus when I was at my uni I was on so I went to Chichester University and there was campus there and then there was a, another campus at Bognor Regis all the glamour and <laughs> I was on a campus in Bognor Regis and I loved, I was very lucky, I had a floor, quite a few, it was all women on my floor and a few of them were on my dance course and I really enjoyed the block I was with but I just never got that group of people that then when everyone started to think about where they're going to live and who they're going to live with, just no one really, I don't know if I, I don't know whether I was just in an, in an imaginary world, I don't know if I didn't make enough effort, I don't know what happened but basically I just had no friends and everyone had, a, had got a place and I was like oh I need to find somewhere to live. So I'd ended up moving into a really nice house that was like literally brand new when I moved in, was super close to the university and everyone was a year above me. So it worked out absolutely fine. I was like totally happy with it, but it meant that when I went to third year, as I said, I didn't have anyone to move in with, so I went to halls. And then when I moved to London, I basically had spent the summer, I got a place on a master's and I said, if I get a job over this summer, I'll just do the job. If I don't, I'll take the master's. And it must have been a week before the master's started and I still didn't have a proper job. So I was like, oh, looks like I'm going to London to do my master's then. And I just came to London and I spent two days trying to find a flat that was close enough to Goldsmiths where I was studying, mm. um, but not actually Newcastle, Newgate or Deptford because they just all scared me. <laughs> so I, I lived just the other side of Greenwich. And I was in a flat share, I think a house share with three other women. And I had like the downstairs room that should have been the living room. And every single time someone came in or out of that house, my whole room shook. Oh, gosh. (laughs) 
So I lived there for a year when I did my master's. And then afterwards, I lived with one other girl that I knew. So I was quite excited about this. I thought, oh, this is going to be like, you know, we weren't besties or anything, but I thought we had a good rapport. Mm. Um, and her mum owned a place uh, in Broccoli, so South London. So in two, I was like, yes, this is good. I can work with this. D- it was a fair enough price, big enough room. She ended up just being crazy. Like... <laughs> Too good um, to be true. true. <laughs> I live, what other randoms? And then once lived with a friend and we found a third, another person. Um, and then I ended up living with this living landlady <laughs> with two. So this living landlady had given up her room. So she slept in the living room. So she turned the living room into a bedroom, but basically it was like a living room. Like, so she could start a business and she rented out her three other rooms. <laughs> oh my god like, this is what london is just crazy like and if someone is not from london right now you're listening to this, you're probably thinking what on earth yeah but I, I imagine if you live in new york or if you live in maybe another paris, big city, yeah. paris yeah i mean paris is paris like, is the worst. worst yeah, yeah. Paris is the worst um it's just crazy so but this was all because the economics like i worked in the arts and in order to not try and spend over half my salary like that was the sort of life i lived so i just never really had that many great sharing experiences so that one of the hardest things for me that I enjoyed about being in a relationship and being together in a in a building was it was like the first time I could just be like get out of the shower <laughs> like do not put your washing in the washing machine like I always remember this one time in a flat shower where I was like right I'm gonna come home I was like I'm gonna go to the gym I'm gonna come back I'm gonna put this washing in I'm gonna get in the shower I'm gonna wash my hair I'm gonna get dressed and I've got to go back out and I, like, I was gonna cook dinner at some point I remember getting in and it was like someone was in the shower mm. someone had stuff in the washing machine mm. someone, and I remember and I just being like I don't have this and I, I always remember just being like I just didn't couldn't I never felt in control of my schedule yeah yeah and so I just really enjoyed literally just mainly having someone I could tell what to do when I was in a relationship and living together <laughs> like in just terms of being like you cannot be in the shower at 10 o'clock like I'm gonna come home from work I've got 20 minutes to get myself in and out and back again like do not put your stuff in the washing machine and so when I thought when we were breaking up the thought of having to go back into a house share was was crippling and I'm so so thankful that I had been saving so that it wasn't like I could go and live by myself like I actually had that option um because I like the thought of it I just was like I just can't bear it but I know for so many people who don't have the option then of going back to live by themselves then force themselves to just stay that bit longer because like you have the same amount of like resentment of being like oh I can't face like I can't financially afford to live by myself I don't necessarily want to live with others but you don't have an option like you don't have anything you don't have a choice basically yeah and that that was the position I was in you know I was lucky that this like it wasn't even a flat I don't know what it was it was just (laughs) a nightmare that we lived in like the months before we broke up um was free because it was kind of part of his job so um you know but then that kind of made it worse when I moved out because I went from living there and then I had some absolutely angels of friends who when I left him put me up um for free so that was just like incredible you know um and then I I went traveling and and kind of came back and then started again in in London and it was you know like I I had a decent wage but it still took a lot of it and that was really hard to it feels a bit unfair sometimes just because you're like not sharing a room with someone like you're losing all that money to rent and it's it's just a weird concept isn't it but yeah I do think it's very different um being in London or a big city compared to 
anywhere else. Um, and that comparison can be really hard. Like I sometimes just wish I lived in London, all my friends lived in London and then life probably wouldn't feel so bad. Like one of my big things had been probably from, I think the first friend to buy their own house might have been 23. And like in Nottingham at that time, you could get a house for 120K, could mm. get you a three bed semi-detached. So, you mm. know, the sort of houses that I'm like, you then could live there, you could have your two kids. Like, you, you know, it could be a house you lived in forever, basically. My friends were able, what, 120K, like you get 12K deposit and you could basically do that. And so I started to get friends that would be, you know, having partners, buying houses, and you're like in <laughs> in a flat share that was is just like like hell like hellish. And you know, I remember once my dad coming to visit me somewhere and he was just like, he couldn't, he couldn't understand it. He was like, I think because my rent probably at that time was like, so my parents aren't together. And I try, I remember thinking, the money I spend is both of their mortgages put together. Oh gosh. <laughs> and it's like my mum has a two-bed terrace, my dad has three beds semi-attached. And you're just like, and I have yeah. a room. And in some of these situations, you, you don't even have a living room. Like, no, no, exactly. Yeah. So many places have converted the living room. So then, and then it's the thing about quality of life. And one of the things I want to talk about is that idea of, so how can you feel like a growing up as an adult when you still like, might feel like you're still in a student house? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like that was one of the things that I think is sharing because I shared at uni, you sort of just feel like you're in that phase, especially I think if you're with randomers rather than friends. Like I think when you're with friends, it's a little bit easier to feel like, oh, you know, this is cool. And this is like, and it's not like sex and city or friends or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a slightly different vibe about sharing with your friends. Then if you are sharing with randomers, it can really just feel like, what am I doing? Yeah, yeah, and I think I, I think I've been lucky. I don't think really I've apart from halls. That's probably the last time yeah. I shared with randomers, as you call them. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? people that weren't your friends before you. I know the building. <laughs> I know, yeah, and I do think sometimes that people don't have a choice. But I think um, one of the most interesting areas of this conversation is the living alone versus not living alone and mm. I completely sympathize with you with that like lack of control you know over what you just said um but I think I've changed my view on on these things a little bit because I I lived in Delhi on my own for three months last year mm. uh which was uh really interesting and I love the fact that I could come home and that well, I mean, I was very blessed because it was Delhi that I had um, like a maid who kind of did my room and stuff. So I'd come home, my room would be like beautiful. I had a whole like a small apartment to myself, a kitchen and everything. And um, I'd manifested the just like this dream apartment. Um, and I love the fact that, you know, I could just be me and, you know, everything was where it was and things like that. But I felt lonely, like, and I don't know if it's because it was Delhi and it was like I didn't have a massive friendship network there. But I, now I'm living with my girlfriend and our friend. Like, it's so lovely coming home to people. And I think I'm very lucky from what you've just said is that I found like it's I think it's finding the right people and the right place and it all clicking, you know, and, and the flat that we have. We saw some real dives when we were looking around. This is in the Lake District, but so many were so dated and old and, you know, 
and the flat that we're in is so lovely it's just such a high spec and like even the, the landlord was around last night and he's really nice and you know he actually thanked us for like looking after the flat and stuff and I think it does make a difference yeah. and it's it's trying to find that isn't it if you are in a situation like you Cheryl where you, you've saved and you can afford a place of your own like to try and think how do I want to feel like in my home and how do I try and find that because it's so important to our well-being as you say isn't it yeah I mean like, I think so important that's the thing I think if you for many people not everyone but I know like for me like I think having stability at home means that if every whatever else is happening outside means I can sort of deal with it like you know mm. you just want to come home at the end of the night and feel safe and just be like this is somewhere where I can just you know get a good night's sleep like it's that is part of our re-energizing and like that sort of process um and like you said I do think it's about finding the right people and also I think it will be different for everyone that's the thing and because some people can have a bedroom that is their complete and not a sanctuary like mm. I would say for example when I lived with that living landlady the flat was really nice and I had a really nice room so I remember thinking and that did make a difference compared to being like actually when you're in a flat and everything's broken and everything's oh, like, gosh, and yeah. that's, a, and this is the thing, like if you're in a competitive rented market, sometimes you just, you know, you just get completely not horrendous things. Um, and so it's also, I do think it's important for you to try and work out actually what is the most important thing? Like, is it, you know, is it worth you trying, is it worth you being like, okay, I've got to spend a bit more money, but this means I've got somewhere where I'm really happy to be every single mm-hmm. night. Or, or again, generally, unless you're a multi-millionaire, it's always going to be a compromise. It's a compromise of location, like you said. Here's a nice flat, but it's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you've got no high street, you know, we're never tube, you know, we're never bus, you know, never train, whatever. Or you get a really gorgeous location and it means it's really tiny, but you're like, okay, is that something I can spice? is it better that I live with a couple and then we can we can make the rent go further versus, you know, do I just want to share with one, two, three? Because that's the thing as well. The, the like, I've lived in, like, even when I shared, so I've gone from, you know, I've been in two, I've been in a three bed, I've been in a four bed. Like, you know, the bigger the property, usually the more your rent, the cheaper it becomes. Cause just, and also then you're splitting the council tax with more people. You're splitting all the bills with more people, all that sort of stuff. It's usually the economies of scales are against the single people. That's the thing. Bug bear in mind. But that means that, you know, can you suck it up and live with more people? So you is having more disposable income for you a better option? Or if that means you can live in a better location, does that work for you? But one of the things I wanted to talk about was about parents. Because mm. <laughs> I also know, because that again is becoming a bigger trend, which is, I'd, I know more and more people who are having to move back home. And even if it's because they're actually one to, it's something like you, you know, you went back, part of it was to help you build your business. Yeah. I've had friends who have moved back because um, they want to buy. And so in order to save, they're like, yeah. right, we've got to go home for a year and we've got to make it. And there's two things. There's one going back by yourself so that you, um, you just because that happens too is when you're in a couple and you want to buy and then both of you were going to your parents and I I always remember there was a program once and it was like couples that were living with their parents and they had to go out for, for a week by themselves and then after the week they had to decide whether they want to continue living by themselves or continue to take their parents and my dad was literally like if you think I would ever let you live in my house with a man <laughs> well crazy <laughs> 
<laughs> that was never an option for me. But you know, I have got friends that um couples that have gone like they're living with other family members to try and save. Um I've had friends that were couples and have got children that are just doing it to save to buy. So it's becoming it's a very millennial thing now, which is it's very unlikely if you're renting somewhere that's expensive, you can afford to do that and save enough to buy. Yeah. So um obviously Verity went home. She went back to Blackpool a few years ago. I did. <laughs> yeah, no, I did. And I, I think it, again, it, you are privileged if you have somewhere you you can go to, you know, I, and also if you have a relationship that is is good enough that you, because it's quite intense, especially mm. as uh, like, you know, I, I, I live with my mum. I, I don't have a dad anymore, but, you know, she loves looking after me and I've lived on my own for like 10 plus years. So I had to find a balance of, you know, like how much I needed to be looked after. And actually some of it is really nice. It's really nice for someone to make you a cup of tea. So you don't have to do it yourself. And it's it's lovely having fresh washing done for you. And it wasn't being lazy. It was just that she enjoyed doing it. And I was like, do you know what? I'm trying to build a business. You go for it. You enjoy yeah. yourself. Whereas, and then it was it was nice to be able to cook and cook for two people rather than one and, and things like that. Um, but it does, it does depend on your family situation. And it, you also have to have the right mindset as well and not be affected by what people may say mm-hmm. um, or the status you assume people will give you uh, for doing that. You have to be really strong in the reason you're doing it, like you've just said. Um, and even if that reason is because I've got no money and that that's fine, like just, yeah. just, just really know why, you, you know, you're doing it. And I think also like it's not long term. Um, but the thing that we forget in this in this Western world is that I think it's actually it's quite rare in Eastern communities yeah. to do what we do. You know, in, in India, for example, well, very traditional India, you will stay with your parents until you marry and then you will move as a woman, you would move into the house of your in-laws uh among along along with all the other male children and their wives and you would look after the parents and also probably the grandparents you'd all live in the same house which to me um, just seems like a heart attack like <laughs> even just picturing that house and all those people just stresses me out so much <laughs> and um and then I always remember the first time I went to India, we talked about old people's homes and there was a guy from India and he was like, I don't get what you mean, what's an old people's home? And he was like, no, no, you move back in with your parents, look after them. Like, what, like, and it's so interesting. I think we we get a bit caught up in the Western view that we that we have. And I think, like you said, it's becoming more and more acceptable for us to move back in with parents or whatever, um, because it's a, kind of a way of us taking control of our lives but from another element how privileged are we that we get to spend more time with the people who raised us and love us and and even though I've had parental difficulties throughout my life I still felt very blessed that I had that time because so many of my friends don't have that opportunity anymore so there's that element to it as well I think. Did you change your room because one of the things I think that can be is weird so my um because even I like I go back to Nottingham quite often and I my room is still like my room my mum keeps on trying to change it I'm like that's not happening mum so I <laughs> and I, I think it's funny though because some people are like the reason why it can feel like a massive step back 
is because it's literally like they're going back to their childhood bedroom. Mm. And so like that emotionally can just feel, because you just, that, that's what makes it feel like a step back is because mm-hmm. physically it's like they're going back in time. Yeah, uh, that's why I said mindset's really important as well because yeah. you you need to. I think it was more the place than my room. It was more of going back to Blackpool felt just because Blackpool has so many social struggles. Um, having been in the thick of London in Oxford Circus and stuff, like stepping back to Blackpool, I had to really kind of yeah, like work on that for myself. But uh, randomly, when I had a career break and went traveling I actually one of the things I did was go home and redecorate my room okay and I cleared it out and so it was like I knew I was going to move back someday yeah so it it was it used to be hot pink and silver and it was now like soft grays and pinks and like rose gold oh, millennial so, hashtag <laughs> whatever millennial and proud um so it's kind of like I knew that I was was going to go back. But yeah. I think it is a big part, Cheryl. I think it's a really good point. I think you need to change your environment to help you be comfortable with it and, yeah. and make it feel right. So, yeah. Yeah, I definitely and, feel that, yeah, and just giving it a bit of a change. So at least you can feel like this is your family home, but this is your family home now rather than just still sitting in like on my Justin Timberlake poster on my ceiling or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I think I had Robbie Williams. So. I'm like, it's funny because even though it's gone, I can still see that the blue tap one. I know, I know, I know. That like, totally ruined my house. Like, yeah, I've been quite lucky. I only, I went home for a brief stint. So the job I worked for, um, it lost all its funding. And I had to make everyone on like a zero contract. It was a mm. dance studio. And so I literally had to go home. And I just started dating someone that I'd like properly falling head over heels in and I basically just went home and just cried every day because I wasn't in London and my dad was just like I don't know what to do with you and I just applied for jobs and just cried every day luckily I managed to find a job in like six weeks so that's the only time I've had to go back so I was just and I have such a warped view of it but I think it is just becoming a reality and it's becoming a reality for a lot of people who want to buy and I think what's really interesting is again like you were saying how like in India it's totally normal to be with all your family mm. also this idea of buying like isn't what lots of people do around the rest of the world so like in germany <laughs> they mm. think we're crazy like in germany everyone rents like yeah. basically everyone rents whereas in england like we're also like i just want to buy i've got to buy and like, that was me like i absolutely from like 18 like i'm gonna buy my own place i'm gonna buy my own place and that did drive a lot of my decisions and i think if you're someone who I mean it definitely I started to fall behind I think because other friends were buying and I wasn't and then it made me think oh they're all really grown up like they've all got their own place mm. um and I just want to say it doesn't make you feel any more grown up <laughs> <laughs> literally it's exactly the same life you just have more problems but I think that like actually questioning if you've always been someone that has thought you want to buy I think really questioning um the reality behind it I think like there are times and it depends sometimes like on the economy as well and stuff where yes there is advantages from buying but there's also advantages from renting like being a- being able to rent does give you the freedom to pick up tomorrow and move somewhere mm. like you do have a choice of how, how flexible you can be with your location it gives you the opportunity to try new places it gives you you know what I mean like you like at the moment you're like cool I've gone to Lake Windermere maybe you're gonna be have I made that up Lake Windermere yeah, well I don't live on Lake oh, okay. Windermere Did but I'm it? <laughs> living here sorry I'm clearly been Instagram stalking you largest lake in the UK <laughs> but you know you have the opportunity to go somewhere that you've never lived before 
and make a decision about if that is someone you would want to live forever before you made a permanent or not a permanent but a very like a more of a long-term attachment to something mm-hmm. um and that's the thing I think sometimes it can we can all feel like if you want to buy I know that pressure of feeling like you want to and you're not getting there and if you live anywhere near London it's the most painful thing in the world um because you just feel like it's never going to happen even if you go back to your parents for seven years um <laughs> no but like you know I sit down with people and I've, I've done the figures with some people to try and work out the reality of actually that buying process and it for many millennials it is going to be years of saving um but I think if you are in that situation and therefore renting is really stressing you out, I think just try and focus on some of the positives and, you know, use it as a time to work out where you actually would want to live where you, when you do have the money and enjoy um, enjoy a bit more of the flexibility and enjoy the fact that when the boiler breaks, you don't have to deal with it. Someone else has to pay for it. Yeah, completely. But also, like, you know, I think it goes back to the episodes we did 56, 57 about setting goals, you know, yeah. and and if you do want to buy, for you, it was a major thing. For me, it's never really been on my agenda. I don't know why. Um, I would love it's to. It's because you're a free spirit. That's why. I'm a free spirit. <laughs> I know. I go with the flow, don't I? Um, Whereas for you, yeah, you probably, you like that security, don't you, of, yeah. of you know, and it is a, a great investment option. But um, yeah, episodes 56, 57, listen to those if you, you know, would like to set the goal of, of, of buying a house and you're just like, oh my gosh, where do I start? I don't earn enough to, you know, we'll, we'll help you try and, and work through it. But I think out of everything that's kind of come up in this conversation, something that keeps coming to me is, you know, what is home? And mm. it's a question I've often asked myself because I, I genuinely like I had a home till I left left uni, and then I feel like my home with my two best friends in years second and third felt like a home, and and then all my other places in Nottingham with my partner, and then after that I didn't feel like I had a home for quite a few years and I don't mean that in a bad way but I just this this like where I am now is like the first time I felt that home feeling again everything else was a a lovely place to live but I wouldn't have called it home and I think that's a really important word isn't it home and what I realized myself to go tap into the woo-woo a bit I need to have like a little jingle when I do woo-woo woo-woo time (laughs) um is that I found that I had to start building that within me like so wherever I went I had to because again like when I traveled so much or I was in ashrams or places that you know were minimal like I had to like find that home within me and what felt like peaceful and secure within me mm. um and maybe that's why I've now ended up somewhere that feels like a real home because I know that wherever I go I kind of have that power within me to help feel at home yeah I just wondered what your view on that was yes it's really interesting for me because I still don't think I call my flat my home hardly ever every now and again Mm -hmm. I do I still call Nottingham I still call my mum's house my home yeah I still say I'm going home all the Mm, time yeah I do yeah I must admit yeah (laughs) and it is a really interesting thing because I know how important the power of words are and so Mm -hmm. um I often catch myself when I try and say like when I'm in London like I'm going home um and I, I try and like to remind myself this is my home and I have I have like a light box that says home sweet home I can actually see that behind <laughs> yeah. you right now as we speak <laughs> but it it just 
just feels a little bit like a lie. Um, and that's one of the things for me where I think it's because I live by myself at the moment mm. and I just don't know how I feel about a home when you're single, like when you're solo, I don't want to say single because you could be solo. Um, and that idea of like, you know, when you, when you go to those shops and they've all got those little things about like home is where the heart is and home is where the family is and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. And I'm like, this is a, a building I live in by myself. So it doesn't necessarily like feel like a home. Yeah. What do people make a home then? Do you think that? I don't well, know. But like, this is the thing because so yeah. both my parents are, live by themselves. Mm. So I'm, and so I'm like, I don't know if it's you get used to it or if it's because I'd come from living with so many people and therefore that's why I'm like it's a big thing for me this year has been like to try and work out how to make it feel more like a home and I think those all those little kitchen those little things in shops don't help but um I think that was why I made my light board to try and help myself but I think there is that thing about like what does a home represent to you and so I have been like so one of the things has been like inviting people around more often because I'm like okay that is like when I've got people around and I feel like this is somewhere like do I spend more time cooking nice dinners and sitting down at my table and then you're like this is a home is it do you know what I mean like what activities do you associate with home um and trying to really embody it but it's a really uh, interesting question and I, I I do think it's it's funny because I think whilst I was sharing for a lot of the time I probably all I would have wanted was to be by myself um because when you're with other people it's just annoying yeah and, like it's noisy and you can't in control and then actually like when I speak to people now that I live by myself and for many people in London like that's the biggest luxury is like to to be able to live by yourself but it doesn't necessarily feel like a luxury to me anymore Mm. Um, and I try and remind myself that actually I'm very fortunate to be in this opportunity but there is no doubt that I do find it lonely at times and it does feel just a bit weird that and I think maybe it is because maybe because I am in London then I think that's weird that like I know every other every other building around me has got so many people in and I'm just like wandering around by myself mm. and then I think of like bachelors that were like want to get their own place they're like and everyone's like oh you get to be naked and I'm like I literally I'm never walking around my flat naked <laughs> like because like, like, that's like okay. the biggest you need to change that you need to take advantage of living that, on your that's own the thing. Like, that's like the number one thing everyone wants, everyone wants to do and I'm literally like or at least in your knickers I'm literally like I'm fully clothed literally other than getting in the shower getting back out like that is it missing out I know that's what I'm saying so I think I I think I don't necessarily take advantages of the things of living so that may be one of the reasons but yeah so I think you're really right it's a really good question I think for anyone listening which is to really question you know what is home for you and maybe not get swept away because I think like I said like we've said there are so many different ways like you could be renting you could have bought your own place you could be living with your parents or your partners you could be living with your best friends you could be living by yourself you can be living with people you never met before you moved in like there are so many different variations of how people live nowadays and we have to probably redefine what home is like for most of us it's not going to be like Rarity's mum it's not going to be this is I've lived in this house for x amount of years therefore I probably know everyone on the road I mm. live in and I, no, yeah. see, like when I go to Nottingham it's also about like community like yeah definitely those of the neighbors and it's like I, I just don't need to think when I'm there yeah like, I know where the bus stop is I know where this is everything's just really natural um but home for most people isn't going to be that any, anymore and it's a bit like when we spoke about like careers as well and this idea of like we can't we can't keep on following the ideals that were made from like 
the 60s and how that worked because it just it's not the reality nowadays um and so in the meantime we need to get really comfortable in making home what we feel it is and working out what that means and trying to bring as much of those elements as possible into our life as we can yeah 100 percent. and we'd we'd love to know what people think um about you know what home is them and what's your current living situation you know let's start to to understand our, our listeners a bit more and you know what what does it it look like for you um and on that note we just want to say a massive thank you for listening to this episode and supporting free and figuring it out um we love recording it and if you want to support even further then please subscribe to the podcast which means you you don't miss anything and it really helps us keep the podcast going uh, our website is free and figuring it out.com we're also on facebook and instagram and you can find the podcast on itunes and stitcher and spotify so thank you so so much and we hope you have a beautiful day <laughs>